welcome to the show, Paul George, Adam Caught in studio for a beautiful, beautiful, just gorgeous, right after Thanksgiving day. It's Black Friday edition of the Paul George Show. <laughs> you get the show half for off. free. How about that? Well, it's half off, but we're going to do two shows back to back, so it's like one show. You get two for one on Black Friday. Right. Are you a Black Friday guy? No. Are you a Cyber Monday guy? Mm, no. No. What I do, actually, I, I do order a couple things online on Friday that are cheap if I need them. But I'm not like, let's look at all the deals. And and buy it just because it's a deal. A great example is this Black Friday. My, one of my children, I won't name the person, mm-hmm. but they decided a good idea was to put a laptop computer on top of the piano for a bit. Yeah. Then the other child comes along and pulls it down and breaks the thing. Yes. So I'm like, great. This is the best week for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Black Friday, we're getting a, a new computer. So right, half off. That happened. Yes. What yeah. about you, man? Are you a Black Friday getter? No, I don't do much shopping. Yeah, I can. Grocery, sh- I do grocery shop. Do you like grocery shopping? I don't. didn't say I liked it. <laughs> I said I do it to help. You choose um, your words carefully. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get, I would never wait in line for a deal. Yeah. So I get the whole cyber deal. So if I needed something to order, but usually, you know, yeah. I just, I just don't really. I guess we're just boring then. So, were you full <laughs> on Thanksgiving? Did you get full? Well, I'm, I'm starting to get to that age, Paul, where I notice if, if I eat too many varieties of things and too many things, I get full fast. I get, I get full quicker, and like my body doesn't like it. Yes, I feel bad after. And that is the thing about Thanksgiving or the holidays. It's a variety of foods, and your body's just kind of like, wait, what? Well, this is sad because I remember days where I just <laughs> shoved everything on that plate. When you're and young, kept it doesn't blowing matter. And going. Your body does not care when you're young. Yeah, so you know it's kind of sad, lost youth kind of thing. But if you had to eat one thing and get full on one thing, what would it be? Well, I'll say what it was yesterday. What? My brother, great cook, he made the killer pork tenderloin mm. that I could have eaten all day. So we had like a 17, 20 pound brisket. Twenty pounds. Yeah. And I could eat a whole brisket if I didn't get full on it. I see. You see what I'm saying? You just keep eating it. Yeah. Like your jaw would get tired before you lost the will to eat it. Probably. But I didn't I didn't do that. So of course and not. I always go for a traditional okay, get this. This is gonna be a shocker to you. I always go for a traditional walk after Thanksgiving meal. Not really? right after. Really? Some people take a nap. Paul takes a walk. Do you? Mm-hmm. Now you're in a new house this year, so how did that go? Um, I just walked around the neighborhood. Okay. I was like, what's up, hood? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a walk. <laughs> That's so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was interesting because, uh, you know, we had family in and whatnot, and, you know, it, it, it was good. But, uh, you know, I started to think about, um, you know, this is going to sound like a crazy segue, but, um, like, our bodies have a comp- only a capacity to handle so much, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like food-wise, uh, you know, emotionally, physically, you know, like it, I, you can't or I can't or anybody can't exercise 24 hours a day. Your body physically um, only has a capacity to handle so, mi- so much, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, you know, I was thinking about that. In like every area of our life, our body has a capacity to be full. And then and it just... And then you can't take it anymore. You can't take that much food or drink or, you know, whatever. Um, we get just completely uh, full emotionally, 
physically, but spiritually, I just don't know if there's ever uh, a time in our life where we could say like, I'm completely full. I don't need more of Jesus in my life. Yeah. I love that point. Spiritual writers have often commented that the, you know, faith, hope, and charity, there is no excess. Right. There's never too much charity, too much faith, too much hope. And a caution against this feeling of complacency that we've mm. hit that that ceiling. Like I'm good, you know. Like yeah. like I got my retreat in for the year. I got my, um, you know, my level of relationship with Jesus that I'm comfortable with, and I'm just gonna kind of keep going. That really, that you just stop. Yeah. And I, this was literally my thought on my walk. Is I was like, I'm full. I'm going for a walk. You know, kind of speeds up your metabolism, whatever. And I started <laughs> thinking, like, what in my life am I? Am I am I full of and I don't need any more of you know and started kind of thinking about those things and then I got to the spiritual component the spiritual mm-hmm. life which is it's really the epicenter it's everything right yeah and I started thinking I I've never there's no way to be full yeah right and when you start to think oh I'm completely full to the rim to the brim I'm overflowing in the, in the, <laughs> in my spiritual life right mm-hmm. that's just it's not true. Like that, then complacency sets in, mm-hmm. and then and then you get hit with a right hook. Well, I think the difference is love. You know, speaking of Thanksgiving and holidays, there are some people we see like twice a year, once a year, and we're okay with that. Right. Right. Like, oh, <clears throat> how were you this year? Yeah. Right. And that's fine. You know. Yeah. But there are some people that, because we love them, and the more we love them the more we want to spend time with them. So in other words, two days is a lot if I haven't seen my wife in two days. Sure. Um, and this is how it is with, with the spiritual life. If we actually love God and if, if our charity is deepening and developing, it's not like we want to see him less. It's like, oh, I got my God fixed for today. Now I'll put that on pause till tomorrow. In fact, we this burning desire to be with him more and to think of him more uh, builds. And that's how you know you're actually growing spiritually. And you don't treat God like that weird uncle you see once a year. You treat God like that spouse that you can't live without. Mm. You know, I think for me, like, and I think probably most people can relate to this if if they're trying to be self-aware, is that the holidays seem to reveal my lack of spiritual growth or should I say the areas of my life that I, I lack or I need to work on. It, it's like it. the holidays are, you know, when... Because things change. It's like you're mm-hmm. out of your normal routine of yes. like, hey, I'm going home. I'm going to put yep. my kids to bed. I'm going to eat dinner, whatever. You know, wake up, do it again. The holidays, you're off. People are over. You're interacting with different people. And it could be people you love and people you don't really know and families. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me it's like it's like the holidays or the opportunity or it's the platform where it's like there's a, a light shining on you and it kind of shows you where your your holes or your cracks are. Yeah. And that is, well, in a lot of ways, very uncomfortable because you say, man, I thought I was more patient. Obviously, I'm not. (laughs) Or, you know, I thought I was more charitable. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not. You know, I thought I was more, you know, um, joyful. Obviously, I'm not. And it starts to reveal these things, you know. And then you start kind of maybe this self-hatred or this doubt or you ignore it. I don't know. It's just this constant sort of back and forth you know, going on it. And then, you know, so my walk is like, Oh Lord, like no, there, I'm not full spiritually. Like I have so much room to grow. Mm-hmm. Grow me. Like I got a lot, got a lot of holes, yeah. a lot of, a lot of cracks and, and room. And I think that's, that's the whole point, Adam is, is that 
God's constantly desiring to pour out his love, his grace, his joy, his gifts, his fruits into our life. And if we're receptive, it's just like this constant flow. So like some of the spiritual writers have talked about an overflow of God's love, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? It, it's almost like when, when you're tapped into that relationship, then the, the overflow is what you give. Think about that. So the, the under, like if it's not overflowing, then, then you don't even have hardly the capacity to give because you're just kind of, it's kind of like it's just sitting in the sponge. It just soaks it away. Yeah, and maybe one of the scariest things about that overflow is, by definition, you have to lose control to experience that. Well, that's true. Like, you have to let the Holy Spirit have so much of you that it's overflowing, and then He's the one who calls the shots. He's the one who controls your day, your schedule, the people in your life that day. Like, He's the one in control. And um, the way we can limit that is is to try to keep control of all those things, control the people that will be in our life, control... Uh, the structure of our day, all these things, without giving it over t- to God. And uh, it's scary. It's scary to have that overflow, I think, for a lot of people. Well, and that's what, you know, like the holidays or these moments are, they're these small micro moments in our lives that we don't have control mm-hmm. over the situation. Who's going to show up. Over or, who's going to show mm-hmm. up or where we're going to the people. And we, we get out of our comfort zones. Yes. You know, and what happens is when we live in our comfort zone, we're not stretched. We, we, we don't see the cracks. There's no light shining on us. And this isn't for self-deprecation. Like, this isn't for, like, self-hatred. This is, like, really just self-awareness of, like, oh, wow, okay. Like, uh, you know, I, man, I have a hard time loving Uncle So-and-so, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then you can start justifying, well, you know, he's this or he's that. And, and some of that could be very true. But it also reveals that, like, well, why can't I still love that person? Yeah. You know, why can't I be patient? Why can't I be more joyful? Why am I not? And, you know, and I, and I think oftentimes, like, the Father, you know, God the Father is just like, that's okay, but let me be the source of where your joy comes from or where your peace or your patience, your charity comes from, you know? Mm. And I think the business of the holidays one of the things we were talking about today is uh, we forget to tap into the real source. I think you're onto something here, and I think you could do an Advent video series like preparing for that weird uncle. <laughs> and all Advent is like getting yourself ready for that day. Well, it's here's, a training. Totally. <laughs> here's the thing. Everybody's got that uncle in the family. <laughs> but here's here's the crazy thing is I looked in the mirror this year, and I thought started thinking, am I that uncle now? <laughs> Am I Is that it my turn? Is have I have I taken the robe on? <laughs> yeah, you know, and then that's scary, you know, because <laughs> yeah, man, am I that uncle? Advent twenty twenty, preparing for Paul George. <laughs> <laughs> that uncle. All right, it's Paul and Adam. We'll be right back talking art of living. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org.
<laughs> Welcome back to the show. Man, if, if, if there could be a camera of like <laughs> during the breaks, like what, what, what conversations happen and then like getting ready for the next segment. So welcome back to the show. Good to be with you. Thanks for listen, listening in today. Uh, so how high does a laptop have to be for it to fall and to break? Well, I don't know how high it has to be, but I will tell you that if it falls from the top of a piano, it will break. So like this is from experience this week. Four or five feet. Five feet, five and a half feet. It's going to happen. Don't let your children put laptops on pianos. Yeah. Like well, I did. Yeah. So one of my daughters, older, uh, had her whole makeup kit on her bedside table, which is only two feet. Mm-hmm. Thought, oh, the two-year-old will never mess with makeup. Well, I mean, the two-year-old looks at that and it's like, there's no difference between makeup and Play-Doh. Crayons or, yeah. Yeah. So then we just start smelling something so not only she had like put mascara makeup all over and nobody knew but she had taken a vial of essential oil oh perfect and poured it all over her face and it perfect. was burning and you know like why not <laughs> you know well, it's amazing how smart they are because they can tell when something's not for them and they really want it they really do they want just it. go for it yeah and they're climbers so is there anything in your life that something's not for you, but you really want it? I constantly think, like, what could be better, what could be... And not not just with me, I think about that, but with, like, the church, with the family, whatever. And so I have to work a lot on just being content with that, the way things are as a gift. Also looking forward to what things could improve, but, like, the way things are as a gift. Yeah. And so to enjoy that, so that's that's something I work on. Yeah, you know. What about you? You know, we're kind of talking about this, and and uh, you know, all the things that sort of this time of year kind of bring up that come mm-hmm. to, to the surface in our life is, you know, envy and jealousy is one of the things that that kind of rise to the occasion. You know, mm-hmm. and get, uh, and we don't really think about it, you know, until we start thinking about it, and then we just kind of stop thinking about it. Like I'm not jealous or envious, but. This is the time of year we start looking at other people, other people's lives, what other people have, uh, whether it be online or, you know, family that shows up and they have something nicer or better or people who get presents and gifts. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, I wish I had that. Or, I mean, we can live in this sort of, you know, constant like comparison and, you know, envy and jealousy is one of the things that I find like for me, like it it starts to kind of bring up and, and if I can be aware of it, uh, you can really like pray through that. Like, like God can, God can release you from th- those thoughts that hold you captive. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And when we meditate on these things and think through them, I think we just need to remember that these perceptions that people have that we work so hard to try to build up or whatever, none of it's real because some, some people think that we're the best ever. Some people think that. Some people think we're the worst ever. Right. There are people in our life that think very highly of us. There are people in our life that think very low of us. And nothing's going to change that. Like, that's just going to be the way things are. Um, now, we should strive to to live a holy life and a good life and inspire others to follow the Lord because of our example and all these things. But there's a rat race we're not going to win if we just try to make everybody think very highly of us because that's just not going to happen. And we talk about spiritual contentment, how that's sort of a in a sense, a, a, a lie of the enemy to be spiritually content, mm-hmm. right? Because then, then we stop tapping into God's grace and stop, you know, really trying to be active in our relationship with the Lord. 
Um, but contentment in what we have or what the Lord has given us, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's that's the place we should be at peace and at rest uh, in the gratitude of saying, Lord, I'm content with what I have, with what you've given, what you've blessed me with. With I don't have to have what someone else has to be fulfilled or to be happy in my life. That type of contentment, I think, is is one of the waves of peace that we really want during the holidays. Absolutely. And it gives us the joy that I think we should be giving for Christmas, for even New Year, this idea that like we're looking with hope to the new year, that it's going to be a good year. Where do we get this joy and this hope? It's mainly not from what we do, but from what God does. And if we see that God has done so much for us, and we're grateful for that, then we have that joy. But if we're constantly thinking about what God has not done for us yet, <laughs> then exactly. we'll lose it. Right. All right, so here are some of the lessons that we we can learn during the holidays. Holiday lessons. Okay. Let's do this. Uh, the first is this. Uh, we can learn the lesson of I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, this is a powerful lesson, and this could be with anyone in our life, immediate family, with the kids and wife, uh, husband, uh, and it could be with extended family. Like, to understand that we're not going to get life right all the time, do things perfectly, uh, we, and we also don't have to say, which we can have the tendency to do, because I do, is to say, well, this is just the way I am, right? Mm-hmm. People need pe- people need to just love or accept the angry uncle, right? <laughs> and the, <laughs> the uh, yeah, but the power of I'm sorry um, can go a long way when we mess up, say something wrong, do something wrong, um, approach the situation the wrong way, because. You know, I think our intentions are good, but we don't always get it right. That's right. And for us to recognize that and actually vocalize it is a really humbling step. And this keeps us focused on what the holidays are about. Like there's a, it, like Christmas is about Christ who humbled himself to be born in a manger. And then we're going to act all like proud and arrogant and be worried about what other people are doing and how it affected us or whatever. Like, we're not getting into the spirit of things, the spirit of the incarnation, if we're not willing to humble ourselves enough to say things like, I'm sorry I was wrong, like I shouldn't have said this or done this, uh, whether it was today or during the year, and I know you're upset about it. It's a great time to make peace with people as we prepare for Christmas. Yeah, so I'm sorry kind of extends not only maybe to uh, moments that happen, right, mm-hmm. at a gathering or with people in the moment, you do something, say something, or you got angry or frustrated. You know, we're human. And, and to say I'm sorry can be an immediate sort of source of, of like, forgiveness and healing. Uh, but th- there could be a trail of resentment and... Yes, and over years. Over years that come into the holidays, and you're hit with it, and you just want to avoid it and put it underneath. And the power of I'm sorry can, can be huge for uh, this... For reconciliation from things of the past, too, with family Absolutely. and friends. When you know this doing marriage prep is that one of the biggest things to get into people's heads that are getting married is that we get frustrated and bitter and resentful, not because the other person does things wrong, but because we had expectations that the other person didn't fulfill, mm-hmm. right? So it's like this at the holiday. I mean, we all have expectations about Christmas, about Thanksgiving. Like, we all have this idea of what we want it to be. 
And that's why it's so easy for us to get upset with other people because they might ruin our expectations. They might ruin our, you know. Um, so it's not even necessarily that they, they committed a sin or they offended God or they offended us even. But they didn't meet our expectations. And I think the I'm sorry language around Christmas, uh, preparing for Christmas, is a great acknowledgement that, like, look, I, I recognize you have expectations that didn't get fulfilled. I'm sorry that happened. And you kind of open that dialogue and learn to let go of some of those expectations. Because, really, every Christmas is different. Every holiday is different. And it's going to be what it's going to be. And sometimes we do hang on to traditions year after year after year. Sometimes we don't. You know, like, sometimes things go exactly like we expect. Sometimes they don't. And so forgiveness is just kind of built into the DNA of these high-pressure holidays, you know? Yeah, it's part of life, part of human relationships. You know, 90% of resentment um, and unforgiveness can be healed in those two words. I'm sorry for what I've done in the past, and maybe we could start over. I apologize. I take ownership. And this is hard, right? There's a lot of humility that, that's involved. We may really need to pray for God's grace to say those words. Uh, and it can prevent, I'm sorry, can prevent resentment from happening in the future by nipping it in the bud now. Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I apologize. You know, and you, we're surprised how quick people are to forgive once they hear those words, right? They're mm-hmm. willing to let it go, right? Yeah, that's great. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't say I love you and I'm sorry together like I'm sorry I love you. Right. Don't do that. So say, I'm sorry, pause. Pause. Then say, I love you. Yeah. And most people want to know why you're sorry. So you can, <laughs> yeah. right. You know, because I've tried that in my marriage. I'm sorry. And then my wife's like, for what? You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like, like be specific. Usually when I do that, I, I let them fill in the blank because <laughs> I can't figure it out. Like, I don't know why you're upset. I'm just sorry because so I want this to go away. Yeah. But like, you can't do that. It can't be, I'm sorry, we just want this to go away, which is what we want, right? Like, in our humans, we just want it to go away. So I say, I'm sorry, my wife would be like, well, for what? Like, be specific, right? That sounds oh. like oh. So, sounds like your wife. That's great. Yeah. Tell me, Paul George. Tell me, why you're Paul sorry. George. Like, why? Be specific. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So the other lesson uh, that we can learn in the holidays is uh, healing. Healing. Yeah. I need healing. Mm. Hmm? I need Jesus healing. I need. Here, here's the thing. I was having a conversation, and um, it's like, you know, the difference between someone who's been through a lot of trauma and adversity in their life. And another person who's been through just as much trauma and adversity in their life. And and one is joyful, peaceful, happy, positive, you know, moving. And the other one still resentful, angry, brings up the past, lives in regret, you know. And you think about the difference between the two, right? It's it's not the difference in trauma or experience. Everybody had a hard life. It's It's the difference in where they are now. And then you think, like, what's what's the key factor there? And I think we don't draw enough attention to the fact that Jesus is the divine physician. Jesus can heal. Jesus can set free. Uh, Jesus can give us a new life. When we tap into Jesus, his grace, his mercy, his love, and live in relationship with him, we it may be a long process, but... Uh, it's a process of healing. God heals us over time. And the holidays, as I said earlier in the first segment, kind of 
bring up th- these things in our life. You're like, oh, that I think I think I need continued healing in that area, and that's okay, right? Absolutely. Like like that's okay. That's why we do this. That's like why we have Christmas. Like the only way for a wound to heal is to give it air. Mm. Like it's got to breathe. It's got to get a scab, and it's got to grow new skin. Uh, one of the things that my kids do that drive me crazy is uh, <laughs> they pack their lunch in thermoses. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's like real food in there. You know, it's not like, you know, they put in like, you know, non-perishable items. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, and then on a Friday, they'll bring their lunch boxes home. There's leftover food in the thermos, Oof. and they just leave it. And then on Monday morning, Oof. they go to fix their lunch, and they pop open a closed, sealed thermos with like, spaghetti that's been sitting in there for three days. Oh, my word. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it just stinks so bad, right? Like, if if they took off the top and rinsed it out, (laughs) it would be a whole new thing. And I think what happens a lot of times with with healing and holidays and wounds and hurts is we just cap it, shut it tight, and seal it, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want it to go anywhere. And that's good for a while on a time, but what ends up happening is that situations in life, holidays or other situations, begin to unscrew that cap, and then the smell comes out, and then we're like, oh, man, that's been sitting there for a while. That's okay. Like, the best way to have healing in our life is to open up the wound and to let it get light, let it get air, let it get water, let it, let it you know, get washed out, and that could be hard. And probably the number one need for healing for people is the loss of people we love, right? Mm. I mean, it's such a hard time of year for those that, even if it's not recent, you know, if you lost a child or a parent or a spouse or a friend, and all these memories that come up, they just, they hurt, you know? And you're right, there's a tendency to want to just not think about it or like, you know. But, um, But it's good to bring those that we've lost, uh, and maybe not through death, like maybe divorce or maybe some other, to bring those people to mind mm-hmm. and try to try to let that healing take place. Because you're right, if we just stuff it down, it's going to be there next Christmas waiting for us too. Yeah. You know, this pain that needs to heal. Here's a beautiful thing about our Lord, and uh, is that Jesus comforts us in our brokenness. Okay? Jesus walks with us in our wounds and our healing. The divine physician. I mean, think about the beauty of that that title of the Lord, right? His willingness to be in our brokenness and our hurt and walk with us, you know, stay with us, be at our bedside, you know, um, like constantly tending to our care and our wound why? Uh, so that we can be better, we can get healthy in our life. And healing a lot of times is like, yeah, surgery hurts, right? A cut Mm -hmm. hurts. Um, Stitches hurt. A cast hurts. Um, And there is certain hurt that we go through for the sake of the long-term healing. And I think a lot of times it's like, it's kind of like why I, you know, a lot of times people are like, I'm just avoiding surgery right now. Because you mm-hmm. just don't want to go through it. You're just right. like, oh, I can put off the knee surgery and I can limp for a while. You know, like people mm-hmm. do that. Because it's just like, oh, the thought of like going through a surgery and the pain and the rehab. I get it, right? 
The beautiful thing is that the Lord is very patient with us, but offers us real healing, and, and that's the opportunity. So you notice something in your life over the holidays. Like, don't cap it and seal it. Just say, Lord, like, let, let's, let's deal with this. Let's walk through this. I think if looking ahead to Christmas, pain happens, like in my heart. Like, if I think this coming Christmas, because someone's not there or because someone really hurt me during the year, um, that's the number one sign that, like, during Advent, you can focus on that. Like, don't put it away till Christmas. Don't try to avoid it. Don't, you know, think ahead to Christmas. Does something hurt? You know, when you think about that day and the celebrations and the, the traditions and does something bring pain, think about it, meditate on it. What What is this? And then you have four weeks to find healing, hmm. you know, four weeks to be with Jesus and, and walk with this and let that wound air and, and, and deal with it. And don't put it away, but but bring it to the light because the joy that you would get from this year after year, not just this Christmas, it's not like, oh, you're going to be all healed up by December 25th. That's why we do this every year, you know? Right. This healing happens, this special healing at this time of year, this grace that's available to us every year. And so we can we can find that healing again and again. And the divine physician did not just come into a manger 2,000 years ago, die on a cross 2,000 years ago, and now we have no access to him. He's available to us day in and day out, year in and year out, to continue that that healing and that journey. All right, so I'm, he- I'm sorry. I'm healing. Okay. All right. Uh, the third thing that we can learn in the holidays is I'm new. I'm new. I'm new. And here's the thing is pick one area of your life that you just want to grow and to, and the Lord to make you new, right? And that's why the scripture says, I am a, I'm, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, new things have come. Christ promises that he can make us new in areas of our lives. Like there can be transformation. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to say this is just the way I am. I've always been like this. That's different than my personality is, you know, my, my personality traits are these, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, whatever, introverted or extroverted or, you know, I'm, I'm late or I'm forgetful. You know, these are character traits that, that we have. Uh, then, you know, I'm a jerk, <laughs> you know, I'm angry. I'm not joyful. I'm impatient. I'm whatever. God can make us new. The Lord can make us new. Pick one area of your life you're like, you know, like, I just really want to dive into that, and I want to be different in that area of my life. Pick that one thing. So I think we can get overwhelmed with the healing and the reconciliation and just pick one area of your life, just constantly trying to work on that and pray pray for God's grace to move forward and be made new in that. Yeah, so if you got super angry on Thanksgiving for something and cause the scene. Raise your hand. <laughs> or, Holla. You have all Advent to work on being different for Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. It's really cool that we have this holiday Thanksgiving to to bring out our flaws. And our, yeah. And then you have all Advent to, to kind of work on that and uh, to walk in new. And people notice the new for Christmas. So, for example, you notice if that guy who was in the corner by himself is now talking to people and seems happy. You notice if, you know, this person that wasn't very engaged is now listening to people and asking them about their life and people notice these things and then they want to know why right why i just got to ask you like why are you so chilled out this this uh christmas you say well look here's the journey i went on this Mm. advent you know what i mean like here's what the lord did in my life it's a great opportunity for evangelization when we allow christ to make us new like you said and then share that newness with others okay so if you want to be a little bit different 
um, is Advent is coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing an Advent mission uh, next week. So Advent's coming up, which for us as Christians is the new year. Yes, it's, happy happy it, new year. It's the beginning of our liturgical year, like our, our new year starts. It starts with Advent that leads into Christmas. Why is it new? Jesus comes into the world, right? Mm-hmm. We celebrate that every year. The incarnation, holy smokes. God <laughs> became man, became one of us, and grew up, right? Uh, that's the beginning of the story. Uh, so Advent prepares us for that. Advent's the beginning of the year. Advent is, I think... The best time to I start Advent. leaning yeah. into what do you want to make new in my life? Yep. Right? So Christ comes to make all things new. Why? By coming into the world. And we celebrate that at Christmas. We're already, you know, people are already getting ready for Christmas. No, no. Advent. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a preparation of the miracle of the incarnation. So this is the new year. You know, where most people are like, oh, January 1, I'll set my New Year's resolutions. No. The New Year's now, spiritually speaking, Yes, fiscally speaking, the new year starts January 1. But spiritually speaking, the new year can start now. It can start for you now. And I, I think for me, like for Advent coming, I'm looking at, Lord, like spiritually for the new year, what do you want to do in me? Like what's the th- one thing that you want to make new in me, right? And the Lord's like, just one? I'm like, yeah, I can, I can only handle one. I can only handle one right now. But it's such a blessed time, Advent, because the readings, um, they point towards, at first, to the coming of Christ at the end of time, you know? And then they point to that coming of Christ at the beginning, uh, at Christmas, right, 2,000 years ago. And then there's this reality throughout all of it that Christ comes to me now. It's like this, this time of quieting my soul, quieting my life, to welcome Christ into my life now. Hmm. And the thing is, he always comes. Like, he's always there. And um, so being more attentive to the presence of Christ in our life as we prepare for Christmas, can I be honest with you? Advent's my favorite season. I like Christmas. I, lo- I like it a lot. I like Lent and, and, and Easter. It's wonderful. And you don't have to like one <laughs> and prove that you like all the other ones. You, yeah, you, yeah. you could pick one. But if you opened up my heart, it would be an Advent <laughs> if you're heart. so inside my heart right now. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be Advent purple, man. Because this idea of waiting on Christ, like he's coming, and yeah. telling people that, like he's coming, and this is awesome, and we're preparing for that coming, to me that's like, that's my life, you know, I, I'm look, I look forward to Christ coming again, and, um, you know, at the end of time, and I, I, it, this is a time where we can all get into that reality, you know, of waiting on Christ, who wants to make us new, but he's coming right now, today, too, you know, like he is coming later, he came again at Christmas, but today he comes to us to make us new to change something in us. So it's a time to be attentive to that. Absolutely, and to be intentional. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to get to our next point of how we can grow. Holiday Lessons with Paul George. (laughs) Holidays. Paul and Adam, be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. 
Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam talking art of living, the art of the what holidays? Getting through the holidays well, <laughs> man. I love this. These holidays lessons. And it doesn't really have to be holiday lessons. It can be lessons. But in a sense, the, the holidays are sort of this, like like we talked about it. It's this time where it kind of reveals. Yeah, it's like a are. it's like a spiritual ninja warrior course. Yeah, like you can have all kind of obstacles. You don't know what's coming. Right. You better be on your toes. Yes, and, but which is great because the holidays, you know, like Christmas and all the stuff, and then Thanksgiving, sandwiched in between those two things is Advent, mm-hmm. and it's the thing that gets lost. Right, mm-hmm. the Advent meaning the coming, coming of Christ. Like this is what we celebrate: the incarnation. This changed history. It changed the world. It changed our lives. Salvation history ha- has been revealed to us and changed through uh, God becoming man. You know, uh, if we forget that, then we forget everything because the center of our life and our spiritual journey is Christ, Jesus becoming man. This is what we prepare for. Jesus didn't just come because he didn't have anything else to do. God didn't send his son because he was bored. There was there was a mission uh, to be completed, right? God became mm-hmm. man, became one of us um, to save the world, to save us, to heal us, to make us new. Like, we can't forget those things and just put those aside. Like, this is this is the meaning. And I love the parable the Lord gave about the wise and foolish virgins, right? So the wise virgins had enough oil to wait all night for the for the bridegroom to come. And the foolish virgins didn't. They spent their oil, you know. So they ran out. And they went into town to get some more oil, and Earl. the bridegroom came. So yeah, Earl. they missed out. They lost their Earl, and uh, they just weren't there. I mean, this is Advent. Yeah. Advent is... Are we going to be attentive to Christ who is coming? Like, we know he's coming at Christmas. We know he's coming. But, like, are we going to be willing to persevere in this time of preparation and of attentiveness. And if we are, you know what? God's going to hit us hard this Advent. He's got something for us. He's got a grace he wants to give us. This Advent, not next Advent, not last Advent, from all eternity he planned to do something special in our life this Advent. And we can miss it. Like, it is possible to say thanks but no thanks God when he wanted to bless us beyond our imagination Mm -hmm. because we weren't attentive to it, because we left because we moved on, because we went to Macy's and got a whole bunch of Christmas stuff before we did Advent. Like, it is totally possible to miss out on God's grace because he doesn't force us to accept it. He's not a tyrant, you know? So if we're going to accept it, we have to be attentive to this Christ who is coming into our life and wait up for it. Pray. Um, dim the lights of this world. Watch less TV. Uh, I don't know. Light a candle. Light a candle. The Advent reef. Take exactly. it out. Exactly. There's yeah. a reason we That's, have candles in Advent because it's a time of waiting. It's a time of waiting, yeah. and and the light representing the light of Christ coming into the world. Mm-hmm. Right. We're waiting on that, and we're preparing ourselves. Uh, all right. So ways that we can grow during this time, during the holidays. Just to recap. Okay. So I'm sorry. Revealing maybe relationships or areas of our life that that need reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe in the moment or in the past that keep coming up. And if, if you, how do you know you're supposed to grow in that area? If you have a hard time with it. Yeah. You have a hard time saying it or haven't done it. That's when you know. Uh, I'm healing. Okay. Um, so if you've, you know, things are kind of coming up and you're like, man, uh, and you've shoved it down and, you know, tighten the lid on it and it's boiling over. It's like, that's not, 
something wrong with you, it's an opportunity for the Lord to, to heal an area of your life. Uh, I'm new. Um, pick one area of your life, or multiple, but I go, I go with one at a time, uh, that you want Jesus to just to make you new in and focus in on that for, for this season, for this time of the holidays, for Advent. All right, and the last, the fourth one, because I don't want to overwhelm it uh, <laughs> with too many things to do, um, is I'm giving. I'm giving. I'm giving. What you giving? I'm I'm just giving. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to be very giving in the holidays during this time. So God gave everything to us in His Son. He gave a total self to us. Um, I'm giving. All right. When's the last time you gave and you served and you felt horrible about yourself? Never, <laughs> right? Um, but I'm giving, or my lack of giving reveals a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe my my uh, you know attachment to things. I don't give because I'm attached. Uh, maybe my attachment to money, so I don't really give because you know I want to keep the money for myself. Maybe I give because I. I you know, I don't, you know, like people like, so like I'm giving the flip side of not being generous is that, uh, reveals a lot to us. If I'm not giving and generous, why is that? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and giving so, is so important at Christmas. Obviously we give all these gifts and everything, but are we really giving? Right. Because, um, we can give people presents, but it doesn't have the effect of generosity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we give very low-value gifts that have that effect. Like, right. generosity affects relationships. If one person is generous to another, it it is absolutely going to affect that relationship for the positive. Right. Right? And if one person is selfish, that absolutely affects relationships too. Right. And so the gifts that we give can can be generous or not. You know, they can have that a positive effect or not. And uh, I, I think it's a good thing we have four weeks of Advent to get ready for Christmas because not only, not just to have time to buy things, but to think through and pray through how am I going to be generous first with my own family, but then also those that are in need, like the poor and, and exactly. right. Everyone needs my generosity my wife, my kids, my crazy uncle, and the homeless downtown. Right. So giving generosity transforms our hearts. Mm-hmm. It transforms our hearts to be more like God's. Uh, it's so less about gifts, but in what way can you give during this season that stretches your heart out, that maybe stretches you financially or stretches your time or stretches your comfort zone, right? Because if that begins to happen, you, you and I begin to grow in generosity. And when we grow in generosity, I guarantee you we're more happy. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if if we're saying, I'm sorry, and we're saying I'm healing, and I'm new, and I'm generous. We're we're happier people. Like we're growing in in virtue. We're growing in in being more like Christ in our life, right? So, what area does does God want to stretch you in with your time, your money, your your giving? Uh, and, and the next part is with no strings attached. Mm-hmm. With, so so God didn't send his son uh, and say, well, I'm sending my son if. <laughs> now, the strings attached is important around Christmas because we often give things 
and then get our feelings hurt if the people don't receive the gift the way we want them to, right? Like certainly, we come back in the house two weeks later and we don't see it, or we bring that delicious fruitcake and nobody's eating it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's easy to get our feelings hurt when we give around Christmas, right? With so, strings attached. But when we give without strings attached, it's so freeing, mm-hmm. right? So God gave His Son what freely, with no strings attached. So He didn't. He didn't say, "I'll send my Son if." I'll do this if God doesn't have strings attached to his generosity, right? And our generosity, the way we grow in in being more like Christ is to give, to be stretched without expectations, without strings attached, to just out of the generosity of our heart, just to boom, you know? So I'm not giving to this homeless or poor person if if they're grateful. Grateful. Mm-hmm. Or if they spend the money on this. Or mm-hmm. if they do this with it. I'm just giving because God's stretching me. I'm going to go serve here if I get recognized. If, you know. Or if I enjoyed the experience. I enjoy it. <laughs> no, I'm just going and it's going to stretch my heart just because. Right? And that's when we become really free. And the holidays offer this opportunity for us to give and find joy in it with no strings attached, right? Anytime there's strings attached to to what we do, there it always gets super complicated. People trip over those strings. Yes. They get they get tied up in those strings. Uh yeah. And this is a habit we develop early. That's why if we have kids, I think it's a great opportunity to go to the, you know, the diner where where homeless eat or go to Go serve in some way where it's likely they don't get the gratitude they might think they deserve. Now, a lot of people are grateful when you serve, like, let's say, a homeless population, but you also get a lot of rough situations. And and, and interiorly, when you experience this, you have to ask yourself, well, why am I doing this then? Right. You know, if I'm not getting back what I think I should be getting back, why am I doing it? That's a great question for young people to ask because they can get to an answer of, because it's the right thing to do, because I need to be generous. And that sets the stage for the rest of their life to develop this habit of generosity, which is not an easy habit to form. No, it's not. It's not. And, uh, you know, one of my kids, you know, went to, like, feed the homeless and, you know, and then they said, you know, uh, you proud of me? Of course, yes, I'm proud of you. This is great. Uh, what are you going to give me for, for doing that? <laughs> I'm not giving you anything. Like, what you got out of giving is enough. Like what we receive out of giving is enough than being rewarded for our giving. Right? Because what we get, and this is, this, you know, there's a reason why so few saints have come in the church like heroic saints, because so few of us are simple enough to actually believe God <laughs> like <laughs> right. and what he says, right? right? But, you know, our Lord himself emptied himself. And then God fills him and raises him up and makes them, you know. And we're this is the pattern. This is the blueprint. But it's so hard. We're so hard headed. Like this is how we do it. We empty ourselves. And he even says, like, don't hold a banquet with people that can repay you, because that's you know that's fine and all good, but that's all earthly reward. Instead, hold a banquet for those that have no way of repaying you. Hmm. Empty yourself, because if you're empty and not being filled up by others, God's gonna fill us. God's going to raise us. Right. Like, it's not that complicated, but yet we complicate it. You know, we have all these rationalizations Absolutely. and excuses, but... And if you have a hard 
time with this and there's strings attached and there's emotions attached and you've been hurt and giving and you have expectations or attachments start small yeah with no strings attached and just feel that the generosity begin to build up and God's grace begin to swell in that and and grow and and that you know because generosity is one of those virtues we don't think about that helps us to be more like Jesus yes because he gave everything with no expectation, right? And he is often met with ungratitude from me, right? Like he gives everything to me, and he often does not get the response he deserves. Are In you fact, kidding that's, me? That's his main response for me is one he doesn't deserve. <laughs> so. Right, like it's 100%. <laughs> like how often do we go throughout our day with everything that we need? Mm-hmm. You know, everything that we need, we had the all the breaths that we needed to take. We had all the heartbeats that we needed for our body to make. We had, you know, all the roofs over our, our head, all the food on the table, all the things that we needed. And we never said thank you. Mm-hmm. Or like really said thank you. You know? Yeah. And, and the Lord doesn't turn his back on us and say, gosh, I'm giving up on you. You're so ungrateful, right? That gratitude is about us becoming more like him. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It, it's about us giving so we can be more like him. And the more that we're like Jesus, the happier that we are. Yeah, that's what we're made for. I mean, we're made, and this is the human problem, right? Like we live in a world we weren't made for. Yes. So, so <laughs> when we act like the one we were made for, like when we act like those in heaven, we act like our Lord, like we become more of ourselves. Mm. But we feel that tension between the world around us that we live in that makes sense to us, right? Like being selfish makes sense, right? I mean, nothing makes more sense very easy. than get everything you can, hold everything for yourself, because in the end, it's the one with the most toys wins. Like that just makes sense, right? right? And nothing makes so little sense as to give everything away. Right. Hold nothing for yourself. Yeah, there's m- n- no moving truck attached to a hearse. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, th- this is this is a paradox, and this is the human problem. Like, we were made for a world that we don't live in, but one that we will live in. And when we invest in that reality, that life, it always pays dividends. Like, you cannot prepare for heaven and regret it. You know, like preparing for this future life with the Lord, giving everything away just feeds us. I mean, it's what we were created to do. Absolutely. Dude, this has been great, man. I'm ready for Advent now. Thanks, Paul George. Well, and this isn't even our Advent show. That's this right. Is There's like more to come. Pre-Advent show. It's I mean, the warm-up. Yeah, this is, we're going to, we're engaging this in is, Advent. Because this is here's before one of kickoff. the things that's the beauty of the church is that the seasons help us to dive into the spiritual life. Yes. And one that's thing that we're not going to do is we're not passing up Advent for Christmas. No way. And we're not passing up Christmas for the new year. No way. You know, we're not doing that. Not here. Not, not on the Paul not George here. <laughs> We're not doing that. And as painful as Advent can be, in a sense of the growth or the holidays, and it's all sandwiched in, as, as much as it brings up, this is the opportunity for us to grow and be more like him. And like you said, and the more we grow like him, the more we become fully who we're created to be, mm-hmm. created in the image and likeness of God. The more we become like God, the more that we're happy, the more we're fulfilled, the more that we're becoming 
who we're going to be for the rest of eternity, yes. right? Living in that fullness, right? And it's hard right now. It, there's a grind right now. There's difficulty right now. We're imperfect right now. We're sinful and broken. Uh, but it doesn't mean that we have to come up and use the mantra, this is just the way I am. Right. Because we know that when Jesus engaged with the disciples and the apostles and his interactions with Peter is, Peter, you don't have to be just the way you are. You can be more. You can grow in this. And you could see those conversations happening with Peter, that growth, that healing, that forgiveness. I mean, Peter said, I'm sorry, right? Mm -hmm. Peter said, I, I need healing, right? Peter said, I need to be made new. And Peter said, I need to give my life. Yeah, and he did. And he did, right? And mm -hmm. he became the the fullness of who God created him to be. And you could watch it in these small snippets in the Gospels and Scripture happening in Peter's life. Yeah, right? and it came in seasons in his life, right? Like he, we have liturgical seasons that mimic the life of Christ. And those early saints like St. Peter and the Apostles, they lived those first seasons, you know? Like they lived Lent. They lived Pentecost. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like they, they lived the original ones, and we follow that same pattern. Like the liturgical seasons are to reproduce in our own life what Christ himself did in the life of his first disciples, because we are his disciples as well. Amen. So engage in the season. Engage. Uh, engage in it. So, uh, Hey, where's your Advent mission next week? It's actually locally here, Lafayette, mm -hmm. Louisiana. St. Elizabeth Seton. It's open to anyone. Right on. It's on the north side of town, Lafayette, and uh, be from 6 to 7 on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights, the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, or something like that. Yep, it's next week. Those are those, those are the dates. Those are the dates. So, Do you get like a 10% off if you say you heard on the radio or something? I don't know. <laughs> you get to come in for free. You can, you <laughs> Everybody who heard on the radio can come in for free. <laughs> you get my book there. Anyway. Oh, really? Sure. Could, would you sign it? Like, sure. I really? Guess. Yeah. Yeah, with my Apple pen. This is exciting. You're so silly. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm showing up with a book. Yeah, I dare you. Okay. Anyway, great show. Challenge Thanks for accepted. listening. Share the show. Uh, support the show on the website. Um, you can give one time or consistently monthly. Be a supporter of the Art of Living and all the work that we're doing. You can keep track. We have a marriage conference coming up Woo! after the holidays in February, mm -hmm. actually in Lafayette, February 15th, uh, it's open to any couples that registration is going to be coming up. Dude, that is a killer Valentine's Day present. Yeah. Sweetie, we're going to a marriage conference. Yeah, February 15th. Mm-hmm. Right? So that registration will be up. We've got a lot of other great things. So thanks, Adam, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. God bless.